The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America, your country, and America wants you. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray, along with his co-host, Linda Crater. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray with his co-host, Linda Crater. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network. Today is June 17th, 2014. How time is flying. I'm your host, Gary Ray. Linda won't be with us this morning. She's out helping a group of caregivers, but she will be, will be back with us uh, next week. We do have Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired with us, former Deputy Secretary for the Veterans Administration, Maryland, also past Department Commander for the DAV for the State of Maryland. How are you doing, sir? Just fine, and good morning to our great guests. All right. We also have Jim Kluge with us this morning. He is the National Public Relations Director and Historian for the Military Order of the Purple Heart. Good morning, sir. Gary, good morning. Bill, good morning, sir. All right. Good morning. Okay. For your information, Anthony and Tom from Veteran Trek, by the way, did go over their $100,000 goal. Congratulations, guys. You did it once again. Actually, Tom and Anthony will be joining us uh, in the next couple of weeks on the show and let us know what their future plans are. Once again, congratulations on reaching your goal. Bill, what do you think of, about this Iraq episode that's going well, on right now? Well, it's a very, very scary and interesting situation, uh, Gary. You know, we've uh, been out of uh, Iraq in about, I guess, about two years now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and we're scheduled to be out of, for, for the most part, of Afghanistan by the end of the year. And before we've get, uh, gotten to that point, uh, we're, we're talking about, uh, well, not talking about, we've got some more uh, troops being assigned to uh, Iraq. It's a scary situation. I hope this situation can be uh, taken care of as expeditiously as possible. But, uh, you know, who knows? That's true. That's very, very true. Jim Klug, how long have you known our guest? Well, I, uh, I've had the privilege, and I underline the word privilege, of knowing Jim Richards since 2007. I met him at a uh, national convention, one of our military or the Purple Heart national conventions, and our relationship I'm fond of, and it's grown ever since. All right. Well, you have the honor to introduce him. Yeah, thank you, and underline that word honor, because it is. Jim Richard earned a bachelor's degree at Indiana University of Pennsylvania and a master's degree from the University of Southern California. 
this prepared uh, Jim as an officer in the United States Army attaining the rank of Lieutenant Colonel. Jim served 20 years beginning in Vietnam and culminating at the Pentagon, Washington, D.C. In, or in 1970, <clears throat> Jim entered Army Helicopter Flight Training School and graduated with honors and was subsequently sent to Vietnam with the 101st Airborne Division. Jim distinguished himself by voluntarily flying clandestine missions for the elite Army Rangers and the Green Berets in the countries of Laos, Cambodia, and the borders of North Vietnam. Jim's philosophy earned or learned as a child from his father and mother and a Catholic upbringing of duty, service to country, and honor to personal and and. Um, denying all personal comforts for him, himself uh, never left him. Jim, Jim never left one man on the battlefield, nor did he ever refuse to fly his helicopter uh, in a combat situation. Jim was decorated with 23 air medals. Each medal was awarded for flying 25 missions in combat, and two of these medals were for extreme heroism and valor. Jim's last mission in Vietnam was on March 29, 1972, as he was attempting to capture a North Vietnamese officer. During that mission, Jim was shot down. Jim was wounded in both legs, and his helicopter crashed, and he almost paid the ultimate sacrifice for his country. His crew and he were rescued, and he received his second heroism award and the Purple Heart for wounds received in combat. Jim Richard was awarded 23 Air Medals, two being the Army Medal of Heroism and the Purple Heart. After seven months of, at various hospitals in Vietnam, Guam, and the United States, not knowing if he was going to lose his legs, he did recover with limitations. He chose to remain in the Army as a mentor to many men and women who later went on to become leaders in Congress and the Army. Jim Richards is now the National Service Director for the Military of the Purple Heart. His life philosophy of duty, honor, and service are the cornerstones of his leadership as director. And it is my privilege and honor to introduce my friend, Jim, as he's known by all of his friends, Big Daddy Richards. <laughs> oh, welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Bill? Well, uh, uh, Jim, again, welcome to the program, and I have a very deep appreciation uh, for what you do as being the top person uh, uh, with service in the military or the Purple Heart. I'm very close to the Purple Heart, and uh, I'm very active in the Disabled American Veterans also, and, uh, you know, we have a similar uh, aggressive program there as far as service and uh, with claims and what have you. I'd, I'd just like for you to briefly talk about the selection process that you go through in uh, uh, selecting these fine uh, men and women to serve and a little bit about their training that prepares them to take on these uh, service-connected claims that are filed by our men and women who serve the country. Well, first of all, I want to thank you all for inviting me. And, uh, yes, I'm, I'm going to address that uh, in, in terms of the training we do for our service program. But i kind of like to start off, if you don't mind, with uh, 
Eventually, I want to talk about our entire family, what we call the uh, Purple Heart family, and that will be our sure. foundation, sure. the membership side of the house, uh, the service program, which I'll go into detail, and then also our ladies' auxiliary. Okay. And But first, you know, um, just the other day, I, and I wear uh, a polo shirt and it has a Purple Heart on it, and I was going through the uh, checkout line, and the girl said, what is that? And I said, well, it's a Purple Heart. And she says, uh, what, is, what does that mean? And so what I thought I'd do today is just talk a little bit about that Purple Heart for a couple of minutes. Right. And that's exactly what it is. A Purple Heart is in the shape of uh, a, a Purple Heart with the silhouette of our first uh, president and general. That was General Washington. And he established that Purple Heart in Newburgh, New York on August 7th, 1782. Why did he do that? Well, at that time... The war was winding down. They were in peace talks, I believe, in Paris at that time. Uh, his men, both the uh, always men, the officers and NCOs, had uh, suffered over six years of, uh, of poor health, um, poor rations, and poor of everything from the Congress. And so he said to him, to himself, George said, he said, uh, what can I do for my men? And this is how he came up with this idea of the uh, uh, Purple Heart, because at that time... Uh, it used to be that uh, he could give a commission on the field, but Congress had taken away that authority, and so he, had, he wanted to give it, give the men something, and he chose this badge of merit, and he gave it to uh, the first three NCOs and during the Revolutionary War. And it stayed to the war, the Revolutionary War, and then it kind of died down and uh, was reconstituted, for a better word, by General Douglas MacArthur in uh, February uh, 22, 1932 by the direction of, of President Hoover. And that award was uh, chartered by Congress and became a law. So this is uh, our Purple Heart. And um, a lot of people ask me, well, who can get the Purple Heart? Um, who established it? And that was just a little background I gave you. And the Purple Heart was given to uh, all soldiers wounded in combat and up until 1997, also civilians. Of, of all things, Ernie Pyle was given a Purple Heart posthumously. So after 97, then they changed the, the regulation laws and said that uh, only men and women in uh, uniform would be awarded the Purple Heart. All right. And I think then they gave it to Jim Klug. Has, he has it hanging in his office. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. All right. That's a good one, Jim. Um, Anyway, let's let's get into the foundation. Uh, I think the foundation sure. um, uh, yes. is an important part because a lot of people don't know about the uh, MOPH Service Foundation at all. Okay, yeah. As a matter of fact, I was, we're going to start with them. Um, the foundation was chartered in 1957, and it was chartered to be the fundraising engine of the Military Order of the Purple Heart. Now, through grants and outreach programs, the foundation lends support to other organizations whose programs align with Purple Heart Mission also. And this aid includes small, direct contributions to veterans' organizations. Now, what does this foundation do, and how do they help uh, or contribute to uh, the, our organization? As I said, they're the fundraiser. They're nonprofit, no monies from government come in. Every dollar, every penny we receive comes from a grant from them. How do they get their money? Uh, private donations, the, the uh, car program you've heard about. They have thrift stores out there. And then uh, through their own investments, uh, they raise money. 
All right. Now, is it also passed down to chapters? Yes. Uh, they do receive a, a stipend from the chapters and in the form of depends on, on the membership. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Now, let's see here. Go ahead. I thought you were going to ask me something else. Oh, no, no. I was just, I thought that that is, again, uh, you know, knowing that is the, uh, the fundraising engine uh, for the uh, military or the Purple Heart. And uh, I was just seeing how, I know I know they give to a lot of uh, nonprofits, but uh, helping, helping the chapters out is a big factor there, too. Um, now do, is it in a form of a grant? Is that how it's sent down to the chapter? That, that's correct, in form of a grant. Like I said, um, you know, they raise their funds. Uh, for the service and welfare and re- rehabilitation of and with MOPH and its members, for any wounded disabled, any wounded or hand- handicapped person who's widow, orphan, or survivors. And uh, this grant is uh, given directly to them. And they also work when, with the uh, other liaison services I talked about, plus legislative matters down here in Congress. And there's a myriad of things that they help and work with, and just a couple of them is veterans' job placement and training. Uh, PTS, uh, resource guide for our veteran counselors and working for research with PTS. They help the Gold Star Mothers of America. They do an operation holiday for ho- hospitalized veterans. And they work with Veterans Administrative Volunteer Service in the hospitals. The USO, U.S. Army Historical Foundation, the Veterans Wheelchair Games, and also contributors to Arlington National Cemetery, plus our Wounded Warrior Outdoor, outdoor Activities. All right. So you see, they right. do quite quite a bit. Yes, definitely. Well, it's already break time. I'm Gary Ray, along with Bill, Jim, and our guest, Jim Richards. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. 
You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with Jim Richards, and we're talking about the MOPH uh, and their divisions. Uh, the next one we're going to talk about is memberships. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Jim? Yes. Uh, uh, let me just start out by saying that um, our mission uh, with MOPH is to foster an environment of goodwill and camaraderie among our combat wounded veterans. Promote patriotism, support uh, legislative measures, which I do a lot. I go down to VA headquarters and or at Congress working uh, for the veterans. And it's an interesting when you go down there to Congress, uh, you'd be surprised that people have no idea what sometimes a soldier does. And when we walk in, our service organization, the Purple Heart, being one of over 32 organizations which we belong to called the Military Coalition, they'll ask questions about what should we do about the veteran in terms of this, what should we do in terms of a veteran of that, which is our membership, and uh, that's, that's part of my job going down there. Now, um, when we talked about, I talked about earlier about the Purple Heart, and I just wanted to say this, people ask me, how many Purple Hearts are there out there? Well, in uh, in World War II, when it was re- uh, revised again, they thought because of what happened in World War II in both the uh, Italian campaign and the uh, European campaign, they ordered 500,000 medals. And they used 380,000 to date, and that goes to uh, up to Vietnam. We've not tabulated Iraq, Afghanistan. So over 380 medals have been given out to wounded soldiers. And sometimes people say, is that only wounded? And I said, well, if you uh, were killed in combat, you're also issued the, um, the Purple Heart. Now, how does that deal or, deal or talk with our membership? In our membership side of the house, we're located in our national headquarters, I call Washington, D.C. It's actually Northern Virginia and Springfield, Virginia. We have a total of about 45,000 members. Now, that, that, that's another number I'm asked about. They said, well, if you've got 380,000 uh, Purple Hearts out there, only 45,000 members, why? Well, we're the nonprofit organization, and you have to join us. You have to, have to be a military recipient. And uh, that's why you see 45,000, only 40,000, 45,000 total members. And that's broken down throughout the United States with uh, six regions and about uh, 49 departments, so about 478 chapters. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of chapters. 
Yeah, so chapters, when I say a chapter, and I should have said, when I said department, departments means the state. Chapter could be uh, a, a small city or a community within, uh, within the state. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, that's the only requirement to be a member? That you uh, must have be a, a Purple Heart recipient. Okay. All right. Yes. And that could be either man or woman. We have some women in our organization who are Purple Heart recipients. Matter of fact, one of our national officers, and I think you know her, Wendy, is a Purple Heart recipient. She uh, was wounded in, I believe, Iraq. Uh, she's still... Uh, let's see, she was an Air Force um, lawyer at that time doing some mm -hmm. outreach and was wounded. Right, she was on a couple of weeks ago with us. Yeah, and, uh, uh, and just before that, we also had uh, uh, Danielle. Uh, I'm trying to think of her last name. Um, but she, Danielle, she was the first woman um, uh, in Iraq to uh, had get the Purple Heart because she, uh, I guess it was a rocket um, grenade uh, hit her in the, in the arm and took her arm off. Um, but uh, she was the first woman to get the Purple Heart there, which was pretty cool to have both of those young ladies on. Yeah, Wendy Buckingham uh, was our most recent, uh, uh, Gary, if you recall, mm -hmm. and she's an attorney uh, uh, in the general counsel's office of the uh, U.S. Department of Homeland Security. That's true. That's true. No, we, All right. We were talking about the um, membership, and mm -hmm. uh, well, there's different programs within our membership. And uh, the main state uh, one is called our Veterans Affairs Volunteer Services, VAVS, and uh, assist veterans in all VA facilities, state veterans operated homes, and those veterans that are homebound. Um, it's funded uh, purely by MOPH, our service foundation, uh, grants, and uh, our order has volunteers, oh, I would say, and in the last year, if I remember right, we had over 140,000 hours in volunteer time. And this was equivalent to the VA saving in terms of monies of salaries because of the volunteers over $3 million. So this is a big program with us called the VAVS, Volunteer wow. Service. It reminds me of um, when I was on a hospital bed in... Uh, in Guam, and then eventually I was shipped to Valley Forge General Hospital. I spent eight or nine months there, and uh, uh, the volunteers would come through, and uh, I believe it was the uh, Red Cross, and we used to call it, and it's not that much of a slang term, the donut dollies, because they were always bringing us donuts or sandwiches. <laughs> so the volunteer says <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. All right. Yeah, Jim, I'd, I'd just follow up and, and say, as you, you've said, the VAVS program is very, very important to uh, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs in the hospitals and, uh, uh, and even uh, in the uh, state homes. They depend upon that, and they make a conversion to that in terms of in-kind dollars uh, uh, that, that helps the operation, and I and I, and I, I would su uh, suspect in the uh, military or the Purple Heart when you're having department conventions and national conventions, they're there to uh, to make note of the fact how appreciative and dependent they are on the VAVS service. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I'm back with you. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. All right, and uh, 
another rule, there's five or six programs I want to talk about. I know you know, we'll get mm-hmm. them all in, but one of the other ones is our Americanism program. And that's we use that um, to promote um, U.S. history and uh, quest for freedom with the, with the children in, in both the high school and, and the um, college level. Um, and, and it's also, and they, they have what they call a, a ROTC program, which is both for the uh, high school and uh, the college. As a matter of fact, I just attended one last week, and that is a leadership medal for the top cadet in any junior ROTC program. He's awarded the Purple Heart uh, Leadership Medal. It's all purple, uh, very prestigious. Uh, all the kids are vying for it. And uh, normally uh, 9 out of 10, whoever receives that award is also the brigade cadet for the junior ROTC program. All right. Uh, Jim Klug? Yes. Yes. Uh, you have a question at all? Yes, I do. You know, and it's a compliment and a, and a question and a note, uh-huh. too. Here in southern Oregon, many times, and as we travel across the United States, I come across veterans, and um, the MOPH Service Foundation, uh, under Jim's leadership, also extends um, help and um, um, a tremendous amount of uh, effort is exerted for even non-Purple Heart veterans, and that's pretty unique uh, given the, uh, the center that where we place ourselves, our center universe being, you know, Purple Heart uh, recipients, but under Jim's leadership and the, and the history of our service program is that we reach out to all veterans in need, and that's pretty unique when you talk about a specific organization. You don't have to be a Purple Heart veteran in order to have that compassion flow out and uh, the reach, and Jim can speak better to that because it's, it's amazing. I've watched our service officers, and Jim mentioned about the, the women, and certainly now here and even in Southern Oregon, we're finding more and more uh, female uh, Purple Heart recipients that have come back after deployment, and it's a, a tremendous blessing for them to come into our service organization and be greeted by women that are totally able to uh, meet the needs of women and to address their needs and their their uh, immediate, uh, you know, uh, concerns. And Jim, how do you, how do you again, in, you've mentioned it, uh, but share with us a little bit more how the women uh, service officers uh, reach out in specific areas if you can. Sure. Um, in terms of, we have women symposiums that are uh, presented, and that's out there for uh, specifically only to take care of any type of traumatic problems or issues that any women may have had while in service. Now, that that also doesn't necessarily just mean service because a, a wife or a child uh, of a returning soldier. They're the ones that each day and each night live with that individual. And through some of the actions or some of the things in terms of what the soldier may have in terms of PTS or um, if he had some brain injury, that passes down and reflects into the family environment. And you'd be surprised that, that women will come and say, it's not necessarily my husband or my wife. It's me that I need to talk to someone because I need a little outlet here myself. Yeah. Boy, that's true. That's true. Well, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what. Instead of waiting, we're going to take a, an earlier break. That way we can have a little more time when we come back when we get into uh, talking about the programs. Correct. So, 
Okay, listen up. The water launch is here soon. American Heroes Water is the first of several consumer products that will be sold nationally to benefit the military order of the Purple Heart Service Foundation. The American Heroes Network and the military order of the Purple Heart Service Foundation have entered into an exclusive product support agreement. Actually, what's going on here that we're going to be having all these cause apparels and the water in your service organizations, in food service locations, as well as retail outlets throughout the U.S. Look for the American Heroes Water, powered by the American Heroes Network, on your local retailer shelves July 2014. And remember that all the American Heroes Network fundraising products continue to support our veterans year in and year out with no limits on what that promotion produces. The American Heroes Network strives to provide quality products and programs. After all, our veterans are worth it. I'm Gary Ray, along with Bill, Jim, and our guest, Jim Richards. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. News. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo@americanheroesnetwork.com. At Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, Back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with Jim Richards and uh, uh, Jim Klug. Why don't you more or less uh, get into the next division? 
which is okay. the Labor Secretary. Uh, all right, this is yeah. Jim again. Um, the next uh, division I'm probably going to talk about is the Ladies Auxiliary, and then I'll follow up with which is my program, the service program. Um, but as I'm going through this, I've always come up with the questions that they're asked me. If you don't mind, I think we have a minute or two. I always get this question too at that grocery line or someplace. How do you get a Purple Heart? You know, uh, who gives you that Purple Heart? And so, uh, just to briefly to talk about that Purple Heart, like I said. It is awarded. You don't really get it. No one can put you in for a Purple Heart. How, how is that awarded and, and the criteria for it? You must be in some type of combat action to receive that award. And how does that work? Well, uh, if you're, for a better word, in a firefight out there and uh, you're wounded and, and then you're wounded again, then you're wounded, somebody says, well, do you mean you get three Purple Hearts that day? I said, no, you get one Purple Heart for one particular action. And that Purple Heart, in order to get that, you must have been treated initially probably by a medic or a corpsman and then sent back to a aid station or hospital where you see a doctor. Once a doctor sees you and puts you under treatment, that particular organization puts in for the award. Another question I get is, well, what happens if you uh, fly in a helicopter and it crashes? And I said, well, if, if the helicopter was un- taking fire and that helicopter crashed, yes, you receive a Purple Heart if you received any injuries in there. However, if that helicopter was flying out there and doing what we used to call ash and trash and just delivering some food someplace and nobody's firing at you and you lose your engine and safely land that thing and somebody breaks your leg, well, that's just in line of duty. And another question I'll be asked is, what if we're... Uh, firing our weapons and uh, my own weapon shoots me or we're in a friendly fire and we're, get, we're hit by a friendly fire. If you're in combat and, and the intent was to fire with an enemy and your bullet happens to ricochet off a tree and nicks your arm or leg, you, you can receive a Purple Heart. Same thing for a friendly fire. If you're taken, you're taken under fire by your friendly unit and all of you were involved in combat situations, you would be eligible for the Purple Heart. So I just wanted to clarify that and then move on to uh, the other uh, arm of our family, and it's the ladies' auxiliary. And I'd like to, uh, Jim, if you, you don't mind, just talking a little bit about that. Yes, this is Jim Klug. Um, the ladies' auxiliary is a, is a educational and support leg of the military or the Purple Heart. Currently, our national president is uh, doing a tremendous uh, job, Barb Canode, and uh active and vibrant and uh, absolutely involved from top to bottom. And I've really got to say that with regards to all of our national presidents. Um, They come by their position through a relationship generally uh, with their husbands having been uh, involved in the military or the Purple Heart and uh, that passion that is is gleaned from their uh, husbands uh, carries over to their service and so what happens is uh, when we go to our chapter and department and national conventions we love to bring along those closest to us in heart and of course that's our wives and significant others and so that's where the uh, ladies auxiliary comes into and um, we haven't yet uh, come up with something where we have let's say you know this is a new one we're going to have to figure this one out before too far along because we've already alluded to it so let's just say uh, by service a uh, female is wounded and then the husband can be in the auxiliary we don't have a we have the ladies auxiliary but uh, we don't have the men's auxiliary of in that same category as the ladies auxiliary but 
It's a great thing. My wife is involved with it, and uh, we uh, we really uh, enjoy the uh, relationship and the energy generated by our ladies as they reach out to the community as a whole, and they're involved with us in every step of the of all of our activities. And so they come to us, and we particularly see the like Barb Cano this year uh, will is leading the charge for activities and uh, camaraderie, and it's going to be a fun thing at our national convention. And again, that happens all the way through every single layer that we're involved with is MOPH. Our Ladies Auxiliary is right there with us and reaching out and uh, making an impact on the community and benefiting us as Purple Heart recipients. So they do a wonderful job. Well, you're doing, doing a better job than I could on that, Jim. I mean, thank you very much. Um, yes. You know, we talked earlier about our foundation, and I, I said, here, I was listening to Jim, and my mind was racing, and I said, I don't think I did them their due. I just want to take a couple more minutes. I have some time here, a couple more minutes, and talk about that the fundraiser or our money people behind us, because without them, there wouldn't be any programs to do. As I said, you remember in, in 1957, they were chartered to be our fundraisers. Now, uh, recently, just recently, and uh, because of the the turmoil in in Iraq and Afghanistan, and more so with the soldiers, uh, they've been the leaders in the the three common uh, combat wounded uh, problems we have, which is suicide prevention, post-traumatic stress, and traumatic uh, brain injury. Now, just recently, they donated 500,000 to the Intrepid Fallen Heroes Fund to jumpstart a construction of centers to help veterans with these traumatic brain injuries and PTS. And also, they donated 500000 for a five-year period uh, to be divvied up over five years to the University of Washington, Division of Pain Medicine. And the same thing, dealing with traumatic brain injury, PTS, acute, and chronic pain. Okay, um, Homeless veterans, prepared. they've been working with them and their families. They reach out on an outreach program to all these facilities out there that in the rural areas. And uh, just most recently, like I attend, uh, working at Congress with legislative matters. And one of the most important ones, if I may just diverse just a little bit, was the Caregiver Act, which uh, we are very involved in, MOPH. And what that is, is that all of us got together with Congress and said, you know, when you have a soldier out there and he's sitting there and needs some help, somebody's got to take care of him. And that person has got to stay home and leave his job or his family, and that's a burden on him. What we need to do is provide these people with some education and training for that particular veteran on what his problems are and provide a small stipend so he can stay, he or she can stay there. And that particular law was passed and it was uh, for all veterans of post-9-11. Now, I just recently attended a couple department conventions, and most of my people were World War II or Korea veterans, and they asked in Vietnam. And they said, Jim, what are you doing about the people before uh, 9-11? And I said, well, here was our thought process. Once we got Congress to give us this, it's called the old saying, put the camel's nose underneath the tent. Once we get our nose underneath there, we can raise this tent up, and now we're pushing to get both... World War II, Korea, and Vietnam veterans and their, and their uh, caregivers this support. So I just wanted to just bring that out, and uh, this is part of the foundation and part of the legislative things we're working with. 
Jim, that's a, a great program. And, Gary, if you might recall, we had the uh, coordinator from the uh, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs on with that, Anita Mingo. And, uh, yes. And, and, and Anita uh-huh. is uh, very, very much involved, and she makes herself available to get around to various locations to talk about more in detail and to help uh, families that uh, may be, uh, uh, have use for that kind of assistance. Yes, definitely. Was, you know, that was quite a while ago. We might have to have her back on. Yes. Especially with all the changes that's happening with the VA now. Well, you're right, uh, and um, I, you know, I'm not. At the, we don't need to discuss the current thing. Those those are ongoing investigations. But I, I will discuss this one thing about the VA, which they are pushing, and we're also pushing. A couple of years ago, again, all those 32 organizations. I mean, we start with. Purple Heart, VFW, American Legion, DVA, Paralyzed, you name it. They go down to 32 organizations. Um, the VA was under the same rules and regulations as any other government. Their budget was one year. Well, if there was a continuing resolution, guess what? There was no budget <laughs> or the possibility of a, a shutdown, uh, you know, there being no health care. We finally got a two-year lock-in budget for what we call the Veterans VHA, Veterans Health Association. Administration, excuse me, and uh, that that worked out very well. However, this past year, when we almost had a shutdown, if we would have had a shutdown, that would have meant that veterans out there that are waiting every month for every penny they get from VA would might not have gotten their check because that budget was not that particular budget was not under two years; it's only under one year. So we are pushing right now to have all budgets within VA locked in for two years, and we're almost getting there. I just wanted to throw that in also. Oh, definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we start talking more into the service programs, especially when it comes to the type of membership they have to have. In other words, the only thing there is they have to be a veteran. Is that correct? That's, that's exactly right. You have to be a veteran or a, uh, a family member of the veteran to receive uh, or to receive some help. Cause the whole concept is you're helping any veteran or their family process a claim uh, for compensation and or pension with the VA. I mean, if you're not a veteran, then you're, you're not authorized for any type of uh, disability compensation. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, Jim, how can they find out more about uh, learning about the MOPH and, and the foundation and, and the service programs? Yes, we have a, uh, um, a line, purpleheart.org, O-R-G, and you can go uh, on that particular line, and, and it'll shoot drop-downs and talks about the foundation, talks about our membership and all those programs I talked about in terms of the, the volunteer service, Americanism, ROTC, and the Purple Heart Trail, uh, Ladies Auxiliary, and in detail, my particular program, which uh, you know we'll talk about in a couple minutes, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Yes, now you you also help out with jobs and 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 housing, also, don't you? Is that that's, part that's of it? Through, now, as far as the service program, not specifically. What we do is we have. Within whatever particular 
city we're sitting at, and I'll discuss that in a little bit, how we, how we do that, is we are familiar and we're working closely with that particular state and local people in terms of um, homeless uh, veterans or housing or any type of employment, and also the VA employment line. But also, remember, I discussed our foundation has a training program uh, for the uh, veterans. All right. Well, we're going to jump into a quick break. Stay on top of what's going on. In order for you to stay updated with the network, go to the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com's homepage and scroll down to the QR code that's dated January 10th, 2013, and scan it with your phone. Fill out the short form, and you're done. It's that simple. Also, by signing up, you'll receive launch information on what state and what retailer the American Water, the American Heroes Water, is being delivered to as it happens. If you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7. Just go to the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. We're also syndicated on iTunes and also being rebroadcast by on many other stations. And now we have listeners in 50 states and 60 countries. I'm Gary Ray, along with Bill, Jim, and our guest Jim Richards. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And we'll be right back. favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier. Or smarter, as the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. 
If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with Jim Richards, director for the MOPH National Service Programs, and that's what we're going to talk about right now. Uh, Jim? Yes. Um, our service program, which I'm the national service director, that's by far our largest uh, MOPH program. And uh, what do we do? And uh, I'll, I'll talk about a little about what we do and, and the three or four uh, subdivisions I have. All right, we provide assistance uh, to all veterans, their dependents, widows, and orphans. You don't have to be a member of the Purple Heart organization. You don't have to have a Purple Heart or be of our uh, MOPH. Anybody can receive some uh, uh, assistance from us. And that's pro bono. Not one dime, one penny comes to us. As a matter of fact, it's illegal for us to take anything. Uh, what we, some people are so uh, grateful because of what we do, and we help them receive uh, retro monies that uh, they want to make a donation, and that is fine. It's treated just like the donation goes to the foundation. If they want to write a check out for $20 or $100, and then that's sent uh, to the foundation that says for the service program, and then they bring it right back over to us in a grant. So uh, um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the pro bono aspect. Now, what are the, the bread and butter of the program is claims for compensation and or pensions. But also we assist them in the medical care, education, job training, employment, talk about veterans' preference, a lot of them don't know that, housing, death, and burial benefits, okay? And we serve on a presidential committee for employment of people with disabilities. We assist in identifying and helping the homeless veterans. Also within uh, my program, uh, we have a national appeals office located in Washington, D.C., and that's who our veterans or any veterans can be uh, represented by our attorneys if they have to do an appeal. We are also one of five national veterans organizations that represent veterans with a Court of Veterans Appeals Office also. And it's one of only four organizations we apply, employ a full-time uh, attorney. Court decisions or ratings are comes through that. And our national outreach program provides service to veterans in rural and urban areas and uh, educate veterans on the different benefits and programs. Wow. That's great. That's great. Now, as far as uh, claims go, uh, how, are, how are your people trained and who are they trained by uh, to um, uh, provide uh, the claim service for the veterans? Right. Okay. The, to be a service officer, an accredited service officer with the VA and to process claims, you must go through their initial training. They have a, uh, uh, for a better word, an online training program um, and of uh, a couple weeks, and then you take an, an exam and pass that. Then, once that person becomes uh, accredited, then I take him, if I hire him, and I put him through a six-month in-house training program uh, with a um, a supervisor and a, and a senior trainer, and that's just to become what I call an NSO. And then after that, we have once a year a sustainment training. Uh, the VA requires, in order to maintain your accreditation, uh, X amount of hours. They don't specifically say how many. I normally do 30 to 32 hours of what I call annual training. 
I take them to a location so they're away from their office. I have them all together. Uh, I develop the program instructions. I teach a lot of classes myself. I use in-house instructors. I bring outside instructors from VA um, and or other organizations that uh, are dealing with compensation and um, pensions. Mm-hmm. All right. And I noticed, too, that you had uh, something I read somewhere on the site that you had paid uh, paid uh, officers, also uh, volunteers. Is that correct? That's correct. Now, when I said, when I talked earlier about pro bono to the veteran coming into uh-huh. that office, that office is normally manned by one uh, national service officer uh, who is, and, I, and I'll say this, paid a stipend uh, of monies that, uh, to, <laughs> for employment. And that's part of my grant that I received from the foundation. Now, I have, um, oh, approximately, I guess, 75 sites. And those sites now uh, are at a region office, a VA region office or a hospital, a medical center. And so uh, I receive that office space, the little office space, uh, free of charge from the VA, as long as I set that up, my people in there, and uh, we see any veterans coming through. But anyone there, be it a service officer or, in some cases, the office is so large that I have an administrative assistant helping out, uh, that money is, is, comes from our service foundation via grant. Okay. All right. Jim, Jim, this is Bill. I, I, I just raised this issue with you. As you probably aware, and I'm sure you are, that uh, across the spectrum, the big concern is the long delay in adjudication of claims Correct. Uh, by the uh, the regional offices uh, uh, dealing with benefits. Uh, I, I'm just wondering uh, if you can explain how important it is, first of all, in developing these cases, and, and this is with the uh, uh, service officer, that uh, it's a fully developed claim, I mean, getting all the information and evidence that's there to support the issue that the uh, the veteran is uh, claiming is, is service-connected and making that available to uh, to the VA. The VA is saying uh, now they're talking about fully developed claims and how they can move those faster, but uh, we still see this long delay. Uh, uh, what do you think that the VA at the regional offices can do to improve this long delay, this long wait that our veterans experience when they file claims. Okay, yeah, let me, uh, yeah, I can talk about that. First of all, I'll tell you right off the hand, I'm the National Service Director. My claim just got adjudicated a couple weeks ago, it took 14 months. There are no special privileges. Sometimes a claim is so uh, intricate and difficult uh, that it goes beyond the fully developed claim process. Uh, but let's, let's, let's talk about the fully developed claim. That is a good system, and uh, you start there with the service officer. I t- I'll tell many of my vets out there, if you want to try this on your own, you can, but what's going to happen? You're going to forget one piece of paper. You're going to forget one step, and once it goes up to the VA, and it's missing that one piece of paper or that one step, and no longer comes to the FDC, it goes bottom pile, then it comes back to you and you ask you for something. So organization up front, having all your paperwork together, and I mean... Interview and interview and interview. You know, uh, are you married? How many wives did you have? What's your children? Where were you, etc. So, there are cases where that FDC work. We'll take. I'll take an example. Let's say that uh, it's a simple gunshot wound. Uh, you, um, the leg was uh, severed in two, and yet they put it back together. And you lost an inch of leg, a little bit of muscle damage, uh, um, 
and some um, maybe some arthritis. To me, that's a one or two, three, four issues. FDC using what we call uh, uh, questionnaires that go to doctors, and that should be a slam dunk. You go right straight through. However, you got an extreme uh, traumatic brain injury, or you got PTS supposedly, or you got sleep apnea, or something else that's going to take a little more time to test. Or you got a severe back. The hardest thing is to test and figure out and look at a back. And then you're going to go beyond FDC, and it's going to take a little more time. Right. I, I, I say they're doing their best down there. Um, we have more veterans coming in. There's only 40 hours in a day. There's only so many uh, uh, what they call coaches and people to review that. And um, uh, right now, until we get done with the backlog, because once the back, <laughs> then you got say you're taking care of your backlog now, but then you got veterans coming in and coming in. Where are they coming from? The downdraw of our military. As our military draws down, this kid comes out on the street and says, wow, I was shot three or four times. I can't get a job. I guess I'll go and see if I can get some compensation for these injuries, which I do have. All right. Well, well, Jim, I know our time is short, and I appreciate what you just said. And maybe in another short, another time, you know, also on the the VA's part, there are clear and unmistakable uh, errors that occur even with putting a good package together. And that certainly attributes to this long delay that uh, our veterans have to face also. Right. Right. Now, we we only have about 30 seconds left. And, uh, Mr. Richards, uh, it was a pleasure having you on the show today. Okay. And, Thank you very uh, much. All right. Now, today's show has been brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. Just remember, the American Heroes Network spotlights and promotes the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any device. I'm Gary Ray, along with Bill, Jim, and our guest, Jim Richards, signing off. And thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And and have a terrific week, and we'll see you next week. Say goodbye. 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 Thank you, Jim Richards. Thank you, Thank you, Mr. Richards. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and his co-host Linda Crater again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of